It is Correct Opinions on Wrestling. I'm George. I'm Melissa. And we'll be talking about AEW's Dynamite for October 21st. Wow, what a um what an interesting show. You have to give it that. Yeah. Um I feel like there was a lot in this show I didn't like, and I'm starting to wonder if I've just lost all joy in life. Did other people have a problem with this show? Because I haven't looked at any reviews or anything yet to see what other people have to say. But I just can't tell if um, it's not good or if I'm just hateful. Well, you're certainly hateful, but I, I think this was definitely a mixed bag of a show. Alright, well, let's get into it. First okay. match, Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. And this is the first match in the uh, world tighter, tighter, tighter. I messed up. World title eliminator tournament. Yes. Um, and uh, so yeah, we got Wardlow versus Jungle Boy, and he's got Jurassic Express out there with him. And uh, some things to note: I thought it was funny that Jr. was talking about how he hasn't seen much from Wardlow because he hasn't been on Dynamite, and I was like, well, that's just Jr. saying he doesn't watch Dark. Which I thought was pretty funny. And why would he? I, mean, I didn't watch it this week because it was two hours long. Two fucking hours of jobber matches. And the one thing I missed on there that I need to look up is like, Bunny is back with Blade. Great, now we can see her on Dynamite more. So, Eddie Kingston made that happen somehow, I don't know. But I didn't watch Dark, so I don't know what happened with that. Wait, Eddie Kingston is responsible for more bunny on my television? He's putting the family back together. Wow, he really is a fucking heel. <laughs> and, um, I made a note also that I love me some JR. But the things he says that are so stuck in the past are hilarious to me. He said twice, he made a point of saying that Wardlow is the kind of person who would draw money. Because he's big. And I just feel like... There's other people in this company who are half his size who would bring in so much more money. <laughs> it's just like, oh, JR. JR comes from a very specific point in time of wrestling. Yeah, I'm not going to hate on him for it. I just don't think that's true anymore. And it's really interesting, too, because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, a Wardlow push would be great. He's the pride of Cleveland. Pride of Cleveland. Um, but. Him and Dana Brooke. Oh, Jesus, really? Miz? Oh, wow, we get all the trash. Dolph Ziggler? Oh, fuck me. I, I, <laughs> Are um, we missing anybody from Cleveland? God, probably, but it doesn't matter. It's Cleveland. Um, I don't know. It's funny because in the beginning, there was all this talk about how AEW didn't have any big guys, and it was just going to be all flippy, dippy acrobatics. Mm-hmm. And now... You know, they've got a good big guy roster, so I'm not sure what a push Wardlow to the moon type deal would do at this point. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do that. I just think it's funny that JR always has to make that comment. And I don't, I don't honestly think it's true anymore. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, like, who would bring in more money, Wardlow or Orange Cassidy? Oh, absolutely Orange Cassidy. So I just don't think that's true anymore and you look at the guys who have been at the top of aew so far and um they're certainly not small uh you know i i couldn't call john moxley or chris jericho small by any measure um 
but they're they're not you know they're not beasts they're not you know lance or wardlow sized behemoths yeah all right let's get into the match all right um i just have there's a really great hurricane rana mm-hmm. um wardlow f10s jungle boy into the ring it looks pretty epic and uh, Wardlow wins with an F10, and I was actually surprised because I thought Jungle Boy was gonna win. That that I, that's what I thought. I wasn't for sure, like oh my god, Jungle Boy's totally gonna win, but I thought that they he would somehow pull that out. I didn't mind uh, Wardlow winning here. Um, I feel like they've had big guys in AEW take the loss so often, especially in the world title picture. Yeah. Um, I, I, think I didn't it was... think I was bothered by it. Oh, sure. No, I'm not bothered by it. It's just not what I thought was going to happen. Right. Yeah. I wasn't accusing you or anything. I'm just saying like, um, it was nice to see them change it up and give a big guy the win as opposed to in WWE where it would be shocking if the big guy didn't get a fucking win. Um, I don't even know what's going on. I can't even talk about WWE because I don't even know what is happening there. All right. Well, let's not talk about that trash anyway. All right. Um, so next they showed Eddie Kingston, um, after Dark was over last week, he was still yelling at everyone, and, uh, he talks about how when Moxley joined WWE, he told Eddie that the inmates were gonna run the asylum, but he didn't take Eddie with him, and he's real mad about it, so now there's gonna be an I Quit match at Full Gear, Eddie Kingston, John Moxley... So, if the inmates are running the asylum, does that make Vince McMahon Nurse Ratched? No. Okay, dead air. Love it. Oh, uh, God. Um, All right. But anyway, this promo was one of the best promos I've ever heard, period. Um, That's good. Well, I mean, that, that, that wasn't the promo. That was him ranching after... Dark. Eddie has a full promo later. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so, we'll get to that later. But we have the Moxley promo first. And he talks about how he's um, happy for how well Eddie is doing now. and But he says Eddie's whiny now and bitter. And Moxley won't apologize for taking care of his family. So, yeah. One line that really stood out to me here that kind of instantly elevated this above a normal, you know, let's face it, filler feud until revolution was Moxley's line about how I'm going to get my friend back or I end you. That was interesting. Um, because really they hadn't really established prior to this, you know, just how Mox and Eddie Kingston had been close. Mm-hmm. You know, when they fought before, that really wasn't the focus. But now going into the pay-per-view, that kind of elevates it to the next level, which I appreciate. Because if you're going to have stipulation aside, the same match twice, it's important to do that. And um, so good job, AEW, with that. All right. So next we have our next match. I'm sorry. Am I am I rambling too much for you here tonight? You're fucking going on too long. Well, we're Jesus. What? Get it out. Let's go. Well, you know it's podcasting, baby. We've got all the time we yeah, need. Yeah, but our podcast is always too long. Let's just fucking get all to right, the point. Let's get to it. So we have our next match in the World Title Eliminator Tournament. 
And we have Sunny Kiss versus Kenny Omega. It was supposed to be Joey Janela, but he had COVID contact. So Sonny stepped in. And uh, so we got to talk about this new Kenny entrance. They start off by listing all of Kenny's accomplishments. And I thought, that's epic. Because, of course, there's a fuck ton. He's accomplished almost everything. And then two women come out and they got brooms. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know what to say. Two women come out. Uh, two sexy ladies with push brooms. And uh, they're having a good time. And, uh, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to step in here. Right off the bat, if, if it's Kenny Omega, shouldn't the sexy women have been Japanese? I think one was Asian. Oh, really? Yeah. Shows how closely I was watching this oh, show. Oh, my God. But we... <laughs> you know, we can, we can we can keep going. I'll, I'll save my comments for the end of the ride. Why? I don't know, because I know we really disagree on this. I thought, for me, for it being cleaner, Kenny... I thought it was too goofy. Like, I don't care if, like, two sexy ladies come out. and Like, fine, whatever. But they're, like, fucking smiling and they got brooms. And it just seemed really goofy. They should have been holding the brooms, but they should have been tough-looking sexy ladies. Yeah, with, they, like, with, like, barbed wire brooms. And the leather jacket that Kenny used to wear in New Japan. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess you told me people online liked it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. See, this is where I'm like, I don't know, do I just have no joy in life now? Because I just saw it and I thought, I just thought, this is goofy. I think we this were... This is too wacky for me. I think we were both kind of in a bad mood when we were watching this show, to be fair. Don't um, speak for your fucking self. All right, well, my observation is my own. I'm not... In a, I wasn't in a bad mood. I don't know. I just... I want Kenny to be, like, hardcore, and I just thought it was kind of goofy. I think we're going to get there with this. I think... This was successful just because it was such a drastic change from what we've seen with Kenny. And um, I think they can build on it. I think you're going to see Kenny take this and go from here and get more hardcore, get harder. Um, but, you know, to, to kind of reintroduce Kenny Omega to a an audience that isn't really familiar with his New Japan persona... Um, I think this worked. What the fuck does the two ladies with brooms tell the audience who don't know the cleaner? Well, that was a nice little in-joke for the audience, but... That doesn't uh, tell anybody shit. So he comes in. Sunny Kiss comes in. Replacing Joey Janela in the world title match. Or the world tighter... The tighter, I did it. Uh, world title elimination match. You're talking too slow. Well, then you talk. Alright, so... Kenny gets in there. He pretty much does a one-winged angel. 30 seconds. It's over. And, I mean, I totally get this because he's, he's out there. He's hard now. He beats Sonny quick because he's that good. But I was just disappointed because I really wanted to see the match. I thought, oh, baby, this is going to be good. So, I mean, of course there was no way that Sonny Kiss was going to win. No, but I wanted to see a match. But I understand why they did it. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it. But I'm personally... Just sad I didn't get to see the match because I thought it was going to be a good match. Sure. And that, and Kenny and Sonny probably could put on a really good match. I mean, they're both capable of doing that, you know, really athletic, um, I don't know, 
Jesus, what? God, it's just... Lots so, of... he beats Sonny, he helps Sonny up and gives him a hug and everything. And you think he's going to turn. You think he's going to beat his ass. Yeah, they kind of, like, tease that he's, like, maybe going to... You just felt like he was going to do something, but he didn't. Leaving us in suspense. Then, um, we go to the back. Orange Cassidy is talking to Tony Shivani. Don't know what this segment was about. It was kind of a nothing segment. I didn't write anything because I don't even remember what it was about. It lasted all of 30 seconds and nothing really happened. Something about Cody, probably. Because they got a match coming up next week. Speaking of Cody, we go to another segment. Yeah. Uh, limo pulls up. Arn Anderson gets out. Cody gets out. And they're talking to Dasha. And uh, I'm just going to skip right to my favorite part. Now... Cody's beat all the big boys, and uh, he doesn't want to give Justin Roberts any more to say. Direct quote. But, uh, you could call him the giant killer. This is straight. I've been saying for weeks now that Cody is, he desperately wants to be Triple H. This is straight up Triple H bullshit, giving himself nicknames that he hasn't earned, that he bestows upon himself, and He's an executive in the company, so who's going to say otherwise? That's a Triple H mood and move, and I'm sick of it. How is this a face? How is this a face with this self-serving promo shit? I could almost... Yeah, calm down. I, could, I, I will not, because I will almost accept this if he was a heel. Mm-hmm. But what is this trash? What was that nickname on Seinfeld that George wanted to be called? Oh, like T-Bone. T- I just think people giving themselves nicknames is so strange to me. That's, that's it. That's such a, a strange uh, lack of self-awareness. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. From now on, I'm going to refer to Cody as Cody T-Bone Rhodes. Mm. Because um, four people will get that joke. Do you think there will be a, a new shirt out next week? It says Giant Killer on it. I'd be surprised if there wasn't one out there now. There might I haven't be. Looked. But I kind of want also take this opportunity to say, and this is something I told you about that I was going to make an announcement. Uh, and you said, do you just want to wait for the podcast? What? And here we go. I've decided that much like the world title stipulation, Cody T-Bone Rhodes is no longer eligible to compete for the Studs and Duds title. And here's why. Because if I were to allow him to continue competing for that, he would probably win it almost every fucking week. Dud? Yes. Dud. Not stud. Dud. Well, you didn't discuss this with me, so... If he's the dud, he's the dud. If he's the dud... Your whole announcement is moot because I said... Well, uh, for now. Okay. Until further notice, There's something else I wanted to say about this. Go ahead. Last week... I thought it was interesting that Orange Cassidy was going to be given another chance at the title. And I thought this was something that Cody wanted because he was so close to winning. But Cody makes the point of saying it was Tony Khan that gave Orange Cassidy the rematch. Because I thought that's such a, that's, that really is a babyface move to give someone who almost beat you a rematch to fix that bullshit ending. Because if you're so great, you should be able to beat him again. So I thought, oh, that's that's like a good guy thing to do. But he makes a point of saying, no, that was Tony Khan. So that, that whole idea of like, okay, I can kind of see how Cody's a good guy now. That is not a thing. And Cody actually reinforced the idea that, oh, hey, like like a direct quote was, he couldn't get it done in the 20 minutes. 
He was one second off. It's like, fuck you, buddy. That's a rounding error. Yeah. So that was that. Then we get to the Eddie Kingston promo, which was just pure gold. Um, Eddie Kingston may be the best promo in AEW right now. Yeah, he is. He talks about... Uh, he talks to Moxley, saying he had to become better to survive, pretty much. And he told Moxley that he's going to have to go to a dark place. But Eddie lives in that dark place. And he said it's so scary. It, sounded, it was like a horror movie. I'll say this about Eddie Kingston. We saw, we, we saw on live television... He can't really go for very long. He gets gassed very quickly. Mm-hmm. But what he lacks in in-ring ability... What he lacks in youth. Right. My God, does he make up in a promo. Yeah, I honestly... I don't even care if he can't go very long. If you, I don't care. If you had told me before this show that, oh, hey, we're just going to do Eddie and Mox again at full gear... I'd have been like, oh, really? That's something. I could not be more hyped for this. And with the I quit stipulation, you work around that limitation that he has. Because you can get real weird with it. You can get into weapons. It doesn't have to be an acrobatic 20-minute match. No, it never was going to be. You can just make this as brutal as possible with as many bloody spots as you can. And I, I couldn't be more excited. I gotta say, lately, I've been kind of down about AEW. It's just like, I feel like it hasn't been for me lately. But every single week, Moxley and Eddie Kingston deliver. Like, I would watch a show if it was only them. They are that good. It That promo was just pure gold. Probably like the best thing on the show. <laughs> Eddie Kingston looked insane. He promo. did. He is fucking insane. Eddie Kingston is basically the Joker of AEW. Chaos agent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, he has solidified his space as just one of their top heels. He's, yeah, he's amazing. All right. Ready to move on from that? I don't know if I am, but I will. But Eddie Kingston's a fucking star. Yeah. I don't know how many times or how many different ways we can say. Eddie Kingston's fucking amazing. And John Moxley. Oh, absolutely. Both fucking amazing. So, we have our third match of the night. And the third match in the World Title Eliminator Tournament. It is Ray Phoenix versus his brother, Penta El Cero M. And they're my favorite tag team. I think the Luger Brothers are the most impressive tag team in the world. FTR, Young Bucks... <laughs> Go have fun. Lucha Bros are the best tag team. And uh, Eddie's out on commentary, which is entertaining too because he's fucking yelling at JR. My God, Eddie. I, I just love Eddie the, Sassin JR was this, great. This was an Eddie loaded dynamite. And yeah. I could not and be it happier. Should be. It should be. Get him on the show more often. Yeah. So this match, of course, was great. There's so much countering, of course, because they know each other so well. At one point, Ray Phoenix is doing his rope walk. Penta pulls the rope, knocks him off. Um, at one point, uh, 
Ray does uh, a head scissors and uh, bonks his head a little bit. <laughs> Seems a little rough, but it happens. There's a amazing Spanish fly by Ray off the top. Oh my god, that's great. Maybe the move of the night. It was mind-blowing. Uh, Pentagon throws Ray, flips him around in the air into a power bomb. Then uh, Penta cranks on Ray's arm. He's playing possum. He's hurt, supposedly. Nope. Turns it into a destroyer. Destroys his brother. Ray Phoenix gets the win. I called him Ray Phoenix, right? Yes. Because halfway through, I was like, did I say Ray Phoenix or Ray Mysterio? Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix wins with a counter on a counter. Yeah, it was it was a counter-filled match, and it was entertaining as hell. My favorite kind of wrestling is this kind of wrestling. I know everyone has like their favorite style. This is the style of wrestling I like the most. I like fast lucha wrestling. I love that every time I watch them, I see something I've never seen before. Right, and I've never seen that before. I've never seen that kind of counter on a counter, catch them in midair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's incredible. And I'm right there with you. Like, if you're not going to do... I, I basically have two types of favorite wrestling. I like the gory, you know, just fucking brawl match mm-hmm. that we're probably going to get with Eddie and Mox. Mm-hmm. And I like... Like you said, just the just the back and forth, just clinic of athleticism. Yeah. Um, give me one of those two, and I'm happy. Oh my god, I just I just love that wrestling. And like like some people get excited when they see wrestling, and they're like, "Oh, that person's doing that move that this person from the '30s did." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Okay, that's cool and all, but watch these people wrestle, and you'll see something you've never seen before." And that's what I get excited about. Unsung hero on this match, I want to make a point. I think it was uh, Excalibur when Eddie came out to commentary who said, Hello, Edward. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I think he did. Yeah, that's so that, pretty good. That was entertaining. I liked that. I had a chuckle. Yeah. I didn't have a chuckle in this next segment, though. Segway. Uh, Best friends. Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about Miro. Yeah, well, first, best friends are talking about how they're like, oh, we didn't mean to break your machine, but what the fuck ever. And then fucking, I don't even think I paid attention to one second of Miro talking. Did you pay attention to what he was saying or anything? Or in Kit? All I know is that it's embarrassing. That's <laughs> that. That's what I put down for a fucking note, is that Miro segment stuff is embarrassing. And, you know, I can kind of, at this point in my life, sympathize with their motivation. Because, I mean, I've got an arcade cabinet coming. Oh, my God. Nobody wants to fucking hear about that. I've got a classic Astro City cabinet straight from glorious Japan coming to my home. And I'd be mad enough to start a blood feud if someone Who busted gives it a up. shit? I'm going to fucking bust it up. Oh, the hell you are. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just fucking bragged about your toy on the podcast. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> the Kip and Miro thing. Lame. Get Penelope out of there, please. Could we have Penelope doing stuff now? Penelope should she be She hasn't a... been able to do shit. 
Penelope should be a fucking star. Penelope I, could be a star. I don't know how she is on the mic because they haven't given her a fucking chance to be on the mic. I don't know if I've ever heard her talk. But she looks amazing. Mm. She fucking can go in the ring. She can do that. I mean, they've established that she can, you know, pull off a crazy athletic move on the men. Um to interrupt a match and win the match for Kip, which is something you won't see in WWE. Um, you sure about that? I mean, I think I, you're overselling Penelope now. The, I was on board now. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's not that great. At the time when I stopped watching WWE, they wouldn't let the men and women touch. At all. That's why it was such a big deal when Nia Jax was in the Men's Royal Rumble. Nah. It doesn't matter. Anyway. All right, moving on. <laughs> then we had Colt and uh, three and four from the Dark Order talking to Alex Marvez. I don't even remember what they're talking about. They were saying they, three was, not three. Wait, which one's Silver? Silver three? I have no idea. But he was talking about how he hates Colt. <laughs> I was like, what's that about? But John Silver's hilarious. The, the thing here that Colt's I. great too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, they were, and you made the point, and I'm going to echo it. Colt was a great get for AEW. I love Colt Cabana. He is great. I just started listening to his podcast. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, he could, but I don't know if he's ultimately going to be world title material, but he is solid mid to upper of the upper mid card. Yeah. Um, Can't complain when he's on the screen. The, the big thing here was that Dark Order is going to get all the gold. And, oh, yeah. You know, Silver and Reynolds are going to be the tag team title champions. And Colt Cabana is going to be the world title champion. And Brody Lee is going to get the TNT title back from Cody. And I don't know if this was by design or what, but I was thinking, like, Brody Lee wouldn't try to make Colt that cult fucking job to him with like a finger poke of doom or something. Am I expected to believe that Brody Lee would accept Colt Cabana as the world champion? Yeah, probably not, but I didn't go that deep into it. Oh, well, I'm, I'm just on another level, like an onion, another layer, like an onion. Stank. Onion stank. Well, <laughs> All right, our next match. See, it works on many layers like an onion. Our next match in the tournament is Colt. He's got Uno out there with him versus Hangman. And uh, there are some rough spots for Hangman in this. At one point, he does a flip off the top rope onto the apron. That looked nasty. He falls to the ground, and then Colt Cabana jumps off the top for a splash. Splash into the ringside area. Yeah, I mean, that was rough. Um, ultimately, Hangman wins with a buckshot lariat. I mean, we knew Hangman was going to win. But it was a good match. Um, yeah, and then the Dark Order helped Cole out of the ring. And they made the point that, oh, this is unusual. Because they're being nice to him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I almost wonder if this is going to ultimately lead to a civil war inside the Dark Order. I hope not anytime soon. I feel like they're just getting their footing. That's they're, fair. They're like well popular now, and I. 
and I feel like most of the people in there haven't really been able to even do anything yet. So remember, when, don't fuck it up now. Remember when Dark Water was a fucking joke, and we were like, "Get it off our fucking television." Yeah, it was. When it was just a putty patrol. Yeah. And and now look at it. It's it's great. Like Brody Lee gets a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Credit. For uh, the Dark Order turning around, and I can see that, but I also think we need to give credit to John Silver on BTE because uh, that shit is entertaining. He has a, a little wi- muscle man. He has a wide range. <laughs> yeah, he's funny as hell. So I, I think a lot of people are really enjoying the Dark Order because of their stuff on BTE too. So, so I just want to say I love this match. Hangman, you is, loved it. I, I, I love this match because I enjoyed. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, and I really think Hangman is a future star. I mean, he's going to be world champion someday, and he should be. Yeah. Especially um, once fans really come back, because everybody fucking loves him. Not to play Booker, but if Kenny gets the belt, and I think we all think Kenny's going to get the belt, Hangman should be the one to take it from him a year down the road or whatever. We'll see, yeah. I don't even know what's going to happen. I want to make one more point here. Um, during this match, we had a really um, a nice ad for AEW's Breast Cancer Awareness shirt, which is really classy. I hope they continue with that, and I hope people buy it. Um, no Komen. They went with an alternate foundation, which is nice, because Komen is absolutely fucking evil. But I just want to say, I guess they couldn't do this during the women's match because they got to get that heels plug in. And God, did they end up doing that? You're looking at me like you're mad. What's up? I, they didn't go on about heels. There was just a tiny thing at the bottom. Yeah, but I mean, you, they couldn't have. I, to me, this is like Brandy Rhodes putting herself over breast cancer survivors. Why? Because why couldn't this have been during the women's match? I feel like that's more topical. They could have done both on both. Well, why didn't they do both on both? Well, I feel like it's better off that they have the breast cancer one during this match because... It was good. Nobody's going to turn the channel. You know what? I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong. That's a good point. I don't even know what you're so fucking angry about today. Like, you're getting all enraged about random shit that makes no difference. It makes a difference to me, <laughs> damn it. Alright. Next, we show a little vignette with Sammy Guevara. He's got a little uh, Pepe Silvia wall set up for Matt Hardy. Conspiracy. He's obsessed with Matt Hardy now, so a little continuation of that feud. Then let me go back to... Uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of words today. Back to, like, the ring area. Real quick, I want to ask. What? Does this end up being a match like the final deletion? It's supposed to be, what is it, like, elite delete match? Something like that, yeah. So, I don't know. Oh, my God, I hope so. They need that. I hope it's a real fucking freak show. I want to see the Hardy com- Compound... Give me the Hardy compound. The the lake of reincarnation. Fireworks. Chair of wheels. What's his name? Senor Benjamin. Mower of lawns. Yeah, give me all that, please. And this is the best 
possible time to do this because you can't have too many fans in the building to start with. So... Yeah, there should be more at the Hardy compound, actually. All right, so I'm kind of looking forward to that. So then we go back out. Team Taz is out there. Uh, they talk about how they gave Will Hobbs an offer of join or die. Haven't heard from him yet. Then they start yelling about Darby. That's all I have really listed. That's what they did. Yeah. So just continuing those feuds, Will Hobbs and Darby. I like Team Taz. I like seeing them when they're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope we you know, move things along and they don't, you know, just kind of stick in this holding pattern for a while. But, um, yeah, I, I, I still have a, a positive disposition towards them. Oh, do you have a positive disposition, sir? You know what? The fuck are you talking about? I, I'm sorry. I'm bringing That's a, little, a weird thing to say. I'm bringing a little class to a professional wrestling podcast. I'm sorry oh if you don't God. see that. You wouldn't know what I'm talking about because I'm talking about class. All right, we need to get to this next thing. I Oof. haven't, I haven't seen. Class goes out the window here. I, I haven't seen what anyone has to say about this yet because I, I don't look at anyone's reviews until I do my own. This was not for me. Again, I don't want to be dead inside and have no joy. This was not for me. So we have the steak dinner. You have, let me paint a picture. You got Jericho in a tux. You got MJF in a tux. They're sitting at a table with a blue curtain behind them. Like, it's, I guess it's supposed to be a restaurant, but it looks like it's just backstage. And, uh, the waitress comes out. And, uh, she's taking their order. And they fight over who eats the bloodiest steak. And <laughs> MJF starts out with a well-done steak, and by the end, it's just fucking raw, because they keep going back and forth and making their steak bloodier. And I'm like, okay. I don't even know what, how this even happened. I don't even know how to transition into what happened. All of a sudden, it becomes a Bob Hope, Bing Crosby musical. They're singing a Frank Sinatra song, apparently. Okay. My Shadow and Me is a Frank Sinatra song, apparently. Yeah, but didn't the end, didn't they have their own lyrics? Yeah, they, 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 they tweaked it a little bit, but that, that was basically the song. Like, literally, it was like a musical with, like, Rockette Girls, like, the, the blue cart curtain parts. It's like a full-on musical. And I didn't know if I was having a stroke. I didn't know if I was hallucinating. This was not for me. This was not... I... This is... For me... I'm sure there are people out there who like it. For me, this was off the charts fucking wacky. I don't like off the charts fucking wacky. Taken... <laughs> taken on its own, I could almost say I kind of enjoyed this. And I kind of want to give AEW credit for being willing to do something so batshit fucking nuts. It was out of the box. My issue here is that I know we're kind of going into year two and the elite are kind of taking center stage away from like the inner circle. But at the same time, you just had MJF compete in a... You know, a blood feud with Mox for the world title. MJF is probably your top heel. Um, 
I would say Eddie Kingston, but if we're talking about future promise, it's MJF. And you put him in a goofy comedy routine with Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho can do whatever the fuck he wants. You know, Chris Jericho's legacy is, you know, etched in stone at this point. But I feel like this hurts MJF. I don't even know. I just feel like MJF wanted to show everyone that he could sing. Did you ever see the Rosie O'Donnell show clip of him as a child? I think, but I might have just forgotten about it. He was on the Rosie O'Donnell show, and he's a little baby, and he's talking about how he either wants to be an opera singer or a professional wrestler. Oh my god. Here we are. He's fucking doing it, baby. I don't know. I'm trying not to be hateful. They can do what they want. They obviously had a good time with it. Not, It wasn't for me. That's all I can say. My opinion is... I could barely look at the screen. I hated it so much. My re- I hated it so much. And I, as it was happening, I remember turning you and going, oh my god, Cornette's going to have a fucking stroke. That's another, you know, pro check in the pro column. Um, Give him Cornette a stroke. You know, Cornette probably had a fucking <laughs> coronary. I mean, he might be in the ICU at this point. Um, I mean, I wonder what he has to say about it because... I am morbidly Not, curious. I am morbidly curious, too. Because it'd be weird if I hated it more than him. I feel like if I didn't have tolerance for it, he's going to be, like, having an aneurysm. Mm, who wrote this segment? Kenny Olivier? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there was a musical number. I don't know what to tell you. And, and I'll tell you, like, to <laughs> AEW's credit, this is all anyone's talking about right now. Um, it, it, wait, got, have you seen reviews? I haven't seen reviews, but I mean, I've monitored like, you know, stories and like, you know, forums and shit. And, and there's, there's talk. People are, are people liking it? I think it got a generally positive reaction. Really? I, I don't think it got as, I think people, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it was mixed, but I think generally positive. Oh my God. Is there something wrong with me? No. Well, I yeah, but it has nothing to do with this. Oh. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I couldn't stand it. I couldn't. I could not stand it. I did not want that. Oh, I wanted to. I want everything to be like a Kingston and Moxley's feud, just like intense and cool. And then you give me this, and I'm like, yikes. I was entertained. I mean, it was an entertaining segment taken on its own to me. But this should not be upper. This should not be like an upper mid card kind of main event level thing. You know what I mean? Says who? I don't know. I just don't see this. I mean, if people liked it, then I expect this more. They liked it. I expect the Moxley Kingston stuff more from the main event and this more from like a TNT title, but then you've got fucking Cody who wants to make the TNT title. So you're making this Cody's fault too. Absolutely. Oh my God. I'm moving on. I've got, um, there's nothing else really to say about that. All right. So then next we have Britt Baker in the ring rebels out there with her. Kylan King is who she's facing. Kylan King doesn't even get an entrance. Um, at one point, Tony Schiavone calls Britt 
a domineering bitch, which I know that's what she's going for, I guess, but that was shocking to hear. That was jarring. It, it jarred me a little bit. There's a heels ad. Of course there fucking is. Again, I mean, according to commentary, ladies are having a good time with it. Ladies need that special as a insulated space or, you know, they just don't feel safe, bug. I'm only going to speak for myself, but I'm sure if I think it, there's a lot of other wrestling fans out there that think it. Women don't want, like, their own little segregated spot to cheer. I... Maybe, again, maybe there's something wrong with me. I don't like the idea that it's like, let's treat women like victims and give them a safe spot. Like, just fucking... Wrestling's for everybody. Let's all... Let's not separate people out into different groups. The only, it's just weird to me. The only victims here are the people who paid Brandy Rhodes $50 a fucking year to... Well, according to commentary, the ladies are having a great time with it. Well, they have to say that because they're all afraid of Brandy. And then, uh, Britt Baker wins at the Mandible Claw. The I end, mean... The, it, the in-ring work was pretty good here by Britt Baker. I'll give you know it what? that. I guess I'm going to say, we haven't done our podcast about the first episode of AEW yet. We rewatched that, and we're going to be doing a podcast on that. There's a match on there, Nyla Rose versus Riho, that was so fucking good that I realized I've been grading the women's wrestling on a curve because I feel like AEW has done them dirty and it's kind of like a sympathy curve grading. And I just feel like I need to see better than this. Nothing happened that was bad that I could see. But I also really don't give a fuck. So, I don't care. And what happened was AEW lost access to all of the Japanese female talent. Because New Japan bought them out. That portal might still open. That would be interesting. You know what? I didn't think about it, but forget New Japan AEW. If you could open up like a stardom AEW portal, that would really be something. Yes, please. Because this shit's not doing anything for anybody. It was a throwaway thing. Who gives a fuck? I don't care about it. Um. Darby Allen. Wait, I just want to say, before we get to that, they're talking about matches for next week and the full gear matches and everything. And just one thing I want to point out. Next week, they're having Tay Conti versus Abaddon. Yes. Please, give me more Abaddon. I fucking love this concept. But you know what I thought of earlier that made me sad about this a little bit? I was like, oh yeah, shit, finally they're putting Abaddon on here. Are they just doing it because it's close to Halloween? Oh, God, I didn't Is it just like, that. oh, it's Halloween week, so Abaddon can be on there for like a Halloween pop? Jesus Christ. But, I mean, I hope not, because that makes me sad, because I think Abaddon is such an interesting idea for a wrestler. I'm so into it. And also, uh, Tay Conti, I think I'm saying her name right, I don't know. She, uh, I've only seen her wrestle once. On uh, when they had that tournament, the tag tournament for women. Yeah. And uh, I thought she was great. I thought she actually looked like she was hurting people, and that's all I want out of wrestling. 
not actually hurting people, but you're Pretend supposed to hurt. make it look like you're hurting people. And I think she does that. Absolutely. So I'm really excited about that match. But go ahead, you can talk about the Darby Allen thing now. Well, I mean, Darby Allen was just... He had a he vignette. Steve-O from Jackass. And my first thought is, is Darby Allen even old enough to remember the show Jackass? Basically, they did a bit from Jackass. Bas- yeah, yeah, essentially. And, uh... It was what it was. Um, Darby Allen got in a body bag and rolled down skateboard a skate ramp. ramp. And I was like, okay. That happened. I don't like this because I just feel like this makes him seem like a 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, that didn't make you look tough or cool at all. Not even a little. You got a bag and rolled down a hill. That that was it. That was that. Like, like what was the goal there? Was he supposed to look tough? Was he supposed to look like... I, I, I don't know. But whatever it was... It was whatever. And then, uh... We have our last match of the night. And it's what I like to call... A clusterfuck match. My least favorite kind of match of all matches. In all disclosure, by the time this match came on, I had lost complete fucking interest. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at this point, I didn't even make any notes on this because... I mean, okay, so it's for a shot at the tag belts. You've got Young Bucks, Private Party, 3 and 4 from Dark Order, and Butcher and Blaine? Yes. Quit rubbing your foot. Okay. And, uh... Live radio. I'm sure it got picked up on the microphone. So, yeah. It's a four-way tag match for a shot at the belts at full gear. So it's a clusterfuck match. Um, I don't really... You know The only note I made... FTR was at commentary. And I felt like the commentators were shitting on the Young Bucks with FTR. And I didn't like that. It was like they were buddies. And they were all like, yeah, fuck the Young Bucks. That was the vibe I got. But, yeah, Young Bucks end up winning. It was a decent match for a clusterfuck match. Uh, there were some good spots here. Um, you know, private party super kicked the Bucks. Uh, Mark Quinn went off the top post into Reynolds on the outside of the ring. That was a really great spot. Uh, you know, Young Bucks did a pile driver senton combo on private pa- that private party. Mm-hmm. But you know. Other than individual spots, this match didn't really do anything for me. What are your thoughts on that? I actually don't remember any of it. I just feel like if there's too many people out there, like, it's just too much fuckery for me. I I agree. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I don't like matches that have lots of people in it. Like, four people max for me. Maybe six. So FTR comes out post-match... Does a beat down on the Young Bucks. Matt Jackson gets his leg trapped in a steel chair. Uh, and then it gets broken, supposedly. And then Tully Blanchard came out in a mask. Yeah, he was disguised as the bell guy. 
So he's been out there the whole night as a bell guy with like a mask and a hat on and yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know that I the the. I just want the young bucks to just get the belts now. That's my. Can the young bucks just have the belts now? That's, I mean, that, that's how I feel about it. And I feel like again, not to play Booker, but I feel like we're headed towards a time where the elite are going to be holding all the gold. I hope so. I actually hope so. So. Yep, that was a show. Studs and duds. Oh, um, we didn't discuss this. Who's the stud? Stud of the night. I think it's unanimous. Let's try to say it at the same time. One, two, three. Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Kingston. Okay, yeah. Eddie Kingston is a fucking treasure. And as long as you can work around his physical limitations, you have solid fucking gold. I don't know if he's ever going to be world champion, but this man absolutely needs to be the TNT champion for a while. I want point. him on my TV every week. Absolutely. He better be on my TV every week. What What a gem. And who is the dud? Um, who was the dud? I mean, as much as I want to say Cody, I, I banned him. So, who was the dud? Should we go with MJF? <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like this... Or Miro again. But he, he didn't have enough part in or the show. Or even Sunny Kiss. Poor Sonny. Sonny Sunny Kiss wasn't even supposed to be there. That was supposed to be Joey taking that squad. Yeah, but Joey's in the same team as Sonny Kiss, so it's on the same level. Damn it, no. I refuse to let Sonny Kiss be the dud. I agree, only because you expect Sonny Kiss to be a jobber. I mean, you don't expect this. Why do you expect Sonny Kiss to be a jobber? I, I just feel like that's his place on the card. That's where we've been. I don't like that. I honestly think it's it's got to go to MJF. Not because MJF himself is a dud, but because this didn't do him any favors. I, but again, that that's our opinion because apparently people liked it. But these are the correct opinions on wrestling. I know. These are the correct opinions. There are other opinions. These are the only correct ones. It did not work. It was too wacky. Wacky, wacky. Like, I don't like when I watch wrestling and I feel like it's for children. That's what that segment was. That it segment, felt like it was for children to be. That segment was like some shit. But also for old people at the same time. <laughs> They're taking, what, that 50 for 50? <laughs> yeah. 50 seconds for 50 plus. They're taking that into the... Uh... But it was like four minutes. Oh, well, I don't know how you make a catchy name out of that, but... Yeah. So that was it. That was AEW Dynamite. It was a mixed bag. Um, like, I don't know. Is, like, something happening with AEW, or am I just dead inside? Let me know in the comments. Let us know in the comments below. Are we dead inside? I mean, there's a good chance I just am no longer able to experience joy. Um, or this actually was too wacky. I don't know. I don't know either, but I guess we'll see where they go with it next week. Yep. All right. That's it. Oh, this has been Correct Opinions on Wrestling. And, uh, bye. Bye Bye-bye.